0: Hello listeners, it is the Fulhamish podcast, your black and white tonic to the January blues. And we have ourselves a little dash of cup fever in the studio tonight as we discuss a really good Fulham win over old foes Aston Villa at the Cottage, courtesy of two absolute thunderbolts from returning faces to Scotty Parker's side. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your host this evening. Joining me is Don Betts. Hello, hello. Mr. George Singer. How are you? And Mr. Dara Curran. Good evening. How are we lads? Good? Yes, yeah, we're right. Good? How we your win? weekends? Standard. Anything special, Dom? Nah, just... Loads st- of VKs and... No, I don't have any VKs this
1: weekend, just pure stellar. Pure <laughs> stellar.
0: That, that's what we're going with today. Yeah, pure, pure stellar. stellar. Excellent. Fulham won and we beat Aston Villa, which is always pleasant. I think we're, we saw a couple of things on Twitter about people going like, no, Fulham saying Villa are rivals and... <laughs> Hold up, there lads. No one's saying that. What we have said is there's a bit of needle here and it has been for a little while. A, a funny one, George?
2: Yeah, it was nice to see um, Sammy, Sammy and Dom representing on... Uh, oh, yeah, well done, Dom. My hands are finally left my pockets.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, and I thought Sammy hit the nail on the head with a, a little bit of added spice. Obviously wound up a few Villa fans on, uh, on Twitter, which is always good They're fun.
0: They're also one of the easiest fan bases to wind up after Leeds. They're quite rivalable, aren't they? Yeah. It's one of those. Well, well done on, on being on the TV, Dom, but you didn't say the word pony... I didn't Which get asked. Did the upset question. quite a lot. No, I ambass.
1: I wanted I wanted to get it in, but the question I was asked didn't allow me to put it into context. Sammy <laughs> should have said, as Don would say, our oh, defence has been pretty pony. But the, the question I got asked just wasn't. I couldn't quite frame it in. You know, as many things I got asked to put into the same sentence. I won't say what they were, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you know, just I thought I'd be quite relaxed and normal for once normal <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. like that Norm- <laughs> normal is said with, with quote graphics around it from everyone normal in the for studio me. normal for you which is yeah. still quite weird <laughs> George do you want to chuck us some three word reviews from
2: the game I do I do this is my first time doing the three word reviews on the pod well so done. quite Seconds a you, quite a personal Seconds. moment for me um, we'll kick off with the man himself Farrell Monk uh, with Work of Arts a nice uh, comment about his club there um, <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom tricks <laughs> with Doing a Fulham Quite a nice thing as it was the uh, the doing of Fulham derby. Um, I liked Fulham Atto cottage cupcake. Um, I enjoyed Brian Lake's "Made John Sad" and a little uh, photo of John Terry crying there as well. So a few a few good How ones do you on a
0: "Make John Sad." It's exactly. just like one of the simplest jokes we could make, Dara. It's not you know, no, one's, no one's thought of anything clever there. There's a lot of knock out knock out puns. We were uh, we weren't sure about. No.
3: Yeah. No, we'll leave that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did win, Dom, but the first half was to quote you a little bit. Pony. Um, What did you make of it?
3: There's
1: nothing to make of it. Nothing happened. Like apart from that Rodak save from was it El 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 Elgarzi Elgarzi in the last minute just for half time break. I went down at half time. I'm going thirty minutes, and I I was talking to people. and I was like, genuinely what happened in the half of football because it wasn't like it's not like we played badly just both all 22 players on the pitch just didn't feel like we're not didn't feel like they wanted to be there and nothing was happening there was no sort of intensity to the way either team was playing and it was just a
0: sort of very drab affair. Dara we set up in a well what was supposedly a a 4-2-3-1 it looked a little bit like a five at the back What, what did you make of Parker's tactics obviously Joe Bryan supposed to be a, a left wing by the official graphics. It was all a bit strange.
3: It was an interesting one. A little bit of a reshuffle at the back. I moving to the left of the three, if that's what they were playing, because that, that's what appeared to me anyway. And then Brian and Christy further forward. And it was an interesting one, but I don't know if I'd be keen to go with it week in, week out. It's
0: a strange little mix. George, the way that I saw it and what I said at, at half time, w- was kind of almost a three at the back in possession And a four out of it with with Adoy and and Brian sort of doubling up down the left-hand side. Uh, What was your take? I know you're a graphics fiend and you're showing me a graphic right now. Yeah,
2: so if you go... So I was was a bit like you, so I think we were discussing before the game, like I thought it would be the four at the back, you thought it would be the, the three or the five at back. If you look at the average position, it that's kind of like a a bit of a, a lopsided mix of the two. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Kind of a doy shifted a little bit left back and then would tuck inside a little bit. Um, and Joe Bryan, kind of considering he was supposed to be the left winger, I actually thought compared to him and Christie, he looked the far more reserved. It was Christie who was pushing up really yeah. high. You know, I, I thought of all the players, I think you're absolutely right. The first half was was a pretty drab affair, but I thought. Christie actually got into the game pretty well and you can see it's great seeing building in confidence we've said it so many times before you know the fans have been on his back so long and it's it's really hard for him to to get a break but now it finally feels like he's got his break um, he, he's playing football with his head up for the first time in a while and you know we'll come to knockouts performance a bit later on but I thought he he played
0: really well on the right-hand side and definitely one of the better players in the game Dom we've conceded so many goals down the left this year and we've talked about it time and time again that our left flank has been exposed 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 is there something to say for for Parker in that he's obviously seen this and gone okay what if i overloaded the left hand side by playing two full backs yes obviously it's going to kind of slow down our attacking threat on that side but we did look a little bit more secure defensively through the whole game really it was only a, a mistake from new boy Michael Hector which we'll get onto a little bit later that, that really let them in at all
1: yeah but it's in are you do you want to take out of your attacking flair if Caviera is playing on that side if you were to to have Joe Bryant honestly I understand Joe Bryan has played left wing before when he was at Bristol City and he definitely he was definitely a much more advanced player than he has been for us while he was playing in the west country but I think that I don't know if it, if we if we're trying to soak up pressure against a West Brom or a Leeds maybe then I can understand it but going Way to Hull, we're not going to be soaking up pressure. Albeit, you know, our record against Hull isn't great, which obviously we, we, you know, I think I've been there three times since so can see 10 goals, but not not not. You also you know, got to
0: see a Vukumara score a brace once,
1: yeah. So, I don't know, I don't know. I think it's an option, but I don't think it's one we should be actively pursuing in most games. I think it's only going to be there when we're playing the better sides. I think when you're playing teams on our level or you know, teams that are below us in the table. I don't think so. I think you've got you've just got to go for your best players, and our best players aren't going to be playing two defenders. You get down the Ranieri route of playing football, where oh, we'll just put more defenders on the pitch or defensive players on the pitch, you'll make us play better. Well, it won't because there are there are shit of players, so it's not it's not going to work. So I think that for us, it's, it's it is about you know playing our best players on the pitch, and we know our best players are attacking players. Yes, you know we looked a bit more defensively stable, but against the against the likes of Hull, against the likes of Middlesbrough, I don't think that's the best option.
0: Dara we're going to come on to the new boys and then the people that came back inside but actually someone who was really you know was really good to see back on the field was Kevin McDonald, and he actually had a very very good game in the middle and just controlled things quietly in there and you know it's nice to see him back more than anything else
3: yeah he was decent he didn't put a foot wrong really and I think was it the last game was Southampton in the cup was that the last yeah, one yeah, that yeah, he, he featured center in back yeah so a different position he's come on I think once
0: you, or twice since then but this is the first game he started since that game it's yeah. nice
3: to see him especially get the 70 minutes under his belt obviously I didn't think he would get the full game but he was pretty composed I mean again nothing really happened in the first half <laughs> he didn't have too much to do no I mean, but, and Villa
0: weren't a particularly a threat through most of it but he, he did what he had to do with, with, with reasonable aplomb yeah
3: it's just, I mean we've really been lacking in that centre midfield so that's another option that we have if if Reed is out for some time we can bring him on yeah, shore things up.
0: Absolutely, been working back from you know what seems like a, a little bit of
3: well on that issues. read.
1: it's surprising that we have got a number six or holding midfielder literally sitting on the bench and he's not been in the side. And we saw, everyone thought, like, oh maybe his legs have gone. Well, you we saw against Villa, yes, he wasn't. They weren't running as ragged, but he still did was probably our best midfielder on the pitch, arguably in the game. And so I think it's interesting. People, oh, we'll, we'll put your Hansen in Holland midfield role. Then you've got the likes of Kearney, Onoma, you know, I think I mean, if you need if Reed is is injured, there's no reason why he shouldn't play McDonald. Yes, he probably won't last the full 90 minutes, but he's going to do a a
2: job a better job there than most of in field as will. I mean, I'd, I'd maybe argue Harry Arter would uh, be a more natural replacement. But but for me, I, I think it's interesting going back to you know it's almost going back to the um, the McDonald, Johansen, Kearney kind of trio. We know it works well. We know they fit together well. And I think um, you know we, we've got to give a bit of credit to to Josh Onomo who a few weeks ago really couldn't put a foot right and now he's slowly bedding into the side I think you know we we have to give him a bit of credit for I think correct me if I'm wrong against Brentford he was more of like sitting number six he's played more of a kind of number eight role and against Villa we saw him almost in that kind of false nine role so I think he's he's showing some nice versatility there I'm not quite sure what his best position is but he's putting in Good solid performances, and I think he's he's earning his his name on the on the team sheet. And I think it's it's good that we've got a few different options there. But I'm not quite sure at this point what the best three is, um, yeah. and it will be interesting to see what Parker
0: tends to pick going forward. Well, it's nice to have. An option who can play maybe not all three capably but definitely two of those positions and we saw that having ollie norwood before in in terms of yes that midfield trio remained the same for so much of of the year that we did get promoted but ultimately ollie norwood slotted into any of those roles right and, and every time you, you had someone out. No one was panicking because we were like, "Oh, the midfield three's gone." Because Norwood would just sit in, and, and that would be
3: that. Oh. I'm still annoyed we didn't sign Norwood. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> honestly, I'm so the amount annoyed. of money they were looking for though at the was time was bad. Like <laughs> it was um, a
0: strange one. Look, he's uh, he, he's he living his best life South in the and Premier and the League, prem, so yeah. fair play to him. Fair play to him. Um, Dom Michael Hector. Let's get onto it. He came in. Alfie Morson moved to the his favoured left hand side, and actually Hector kind of did fine and big mistake for the goal obviously but that it looked more like rust than anything else he won a lot of headers a couple of missed tackles but looked reasonably composed there at the back
1: yeah I think Peter. Again, he hasn't played you know not top level football but, you know football in in a team's first team in what probably eight months maybe so like for me yeah, he, from what I saw of him I was perfectly happy with what I saw yes he can do definitely better with the goal and obviously it's it's, it's, very, it's very poor for him, but again, you've you got to remember how long it's been since he's been playing at that level. So, yeah, I think he he looked perfectly good. He's not going to be this messiah, which everyone has been lauding him about nah. when he's going to come back. And he's not going to do that. But, you know, if we're looking at centre-back options after, you know, Ream and Mawson, it's only really been Dennis Adoy, And it's that competition is always going to push the other players onwards. That's why Joe Bryan, I think, has dropped off and hasn't looked as good because he's got no one pushing him in that left-back spot. The only other option is Maxime de who seems, you know, to be nowhere in a moment. So, yeah, I think he, he did perfectly fine apart from the goal. But, you know, again, you've got to remember how long how long has he played at this level. So, yeah, I'm confident with him going forward. It'll be interesting to see, obviously, in the whole game, what sort of back line that Scott Parker goes with.
0: Yeah, it's now... Well, there's questions there now to be answered, and I think Hector's probably done enough to, to keep his spot in the long run. I imagine that will be the partnership that starts it, Hector and Mawson. Um, but it does, again, like you say, it frees uh, Dennis Adoy up to be competition for Joe Bryan and he did fine again uh, at the back at the weekend so there are them options now George
2: yeah I think Adoy again played well and he's, he's such a you know such a, a credit to the club that he can play pretty much in any position um, you want him to that's so helpful for, for Parker I think it's an interesting one Interesting one about assuming Hector's the number one option who plays with him because I think him and Alfie Mawson probably the best Defenders on paper, but they're more of a similar type of central. I would not have Alvin
1: Morrison as our best, our second best centre back on paper. He's been terrible all season. Well, on, yeah, but on paper, on
2: mm. on uh, on paper, on FIFA ratings, yeah, but we probably have to play yeah. on grass.
3: So, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, like, the grass, I,
0: I, I, grass, I don't. That's <laughs> the problem. If Morrison had a paper field, we'd yeah. just down. play on
2: a spreadsheet. It'd yeah, be exactly. much better. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think, think,
1: if we're going on how I said about to played this season, if you're going to pair anyone with him, I think it'd be rude Do you? So I disagree. I, I, don't, I don't think been so
0: God-awful for the last sort of month or I so. I think
1: Mawson's been terrible since
0: he arrived. Yeah, well, I just... like I think the Reading game was just... It was just mistake like, after mistake after mistake
3: from two.
1: It, it is, but I think that's down to Joe Brown as well.
3: I think the fact that he benched Mawson in the Reading game to then play him in Hector's first game is an indication that that will be the two centre-backs. And he also could have given... Bettinelli a start but he went with Rodak and I think that's just trying to build up a little bit of an understanding between the three or wh- whoever is going to be the two centre backs yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that to me says that those are the, the two
2: quite possibly but I think Mawson and Hector big imposing centre backs go for clearances go for headers and I think it, it would make more sense if you did pair them with Ream, who's maybe a bit more reserved and probably a, a better short passer than than someone like Mawson. So for me, if we're thinking about, you know, you think back to your Anglin and Hughes days, not necessarily the best centre-backs in in the club, when you had someone like Philippe Senderos in, in as well, um, who on paper was a was a good a good centre back, but it didn't quite work. What paper you you read. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it was a, oh, you must be reading, <laughs> reading like the Daily Star. <laughs> like well, you, you want okay, okay, okay. My, so my point is probably you probably
1: reading the Star, didn't, probably <laughs> the but like the Star is just great content.
2: <laughs> my my point is you want centre backs that complement each other, and I'm not sure that Hector and Mawson do that. And i I'd, I'd be more. I'd like to see Hector and Ream play personally.
0: Good again in opinion. the box of corners, though. Yeah. Some serious height between the two. Of them. Michael Hector is a bigger man than I, than I. expected him to be. I thought he was going to be big. I didn't realize quite how big he was. He is a bit of a, a tank.
2: I think the top knot gives him a few extra <laughs> inches on the top of him as well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought he, he looked pretty imposing. And, and like like we were saying, it, it didn't. He didn't look like a player that hadn't played. Top flight football for for six months or so. I know he's been playing. He's been playing in the PL 2 for a fair bit, hasn't yeah. he? So the club have, have clearly, you know, tried to manage him as best as they can. And yeah, from all all accounts, looking at his Twitter account, he was uh, pretty chuffed to get his first start in a while.
0: Absolutely, Dara. Let's talk about Anthony Knockhart, because Anthony Knockhart has had a bit of a topsy turvy season at, at Fulham so far. A lot of ill will in the last couple of weeks for for some poor crossing which continued, um, but he did liven up on Saturday and he was kind of at the heart of all Fulham's dynamic play uh, and they capped that off with, with a wonderful strike. Uh, what did you make of his performance?
3: I thought it was much improved. Uh, I listened to some of Parker's comments afterwards and he said that the last few games is the, the knockout that we kind of know from the Premiership. Um, it was interesting, the goal that he actually scored at the very start of the second half, he gave a little warning because he cut inside and fired a shot. Villa obviously didn't take heed of that. Yeah, they were like, No, uh, he missed one now, he won't have another one. They don't know him. Um, who was it for the for that goal as well? There was someone broke up the play. Oh, what, it was Joe what, Bryan. Was it, it was Joe Bryan indeed. A great tackle and then spread it out to him and he just off he went. He did the rest.
0: Yeah, off he went. I, I thought that was interesting. I remember commenting at the time saying to my brother, it was all Joe Bryan, all Joe Bryan who won the ball. And my, Tom went, yeah, but knockout got the ball on the halfway line. I was like, yeah, no, okay, it wasn't all Joe Bryan. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a bit... But he dumb, didn't love another, to do, but yeah. Yeah, another wonder strike. Yeah. Is that's. that is that a good or a bad thing?
1: I don't think this... It's not... I think it's a bit of both, really, because I do think he can be a bit of flash in the pan. Like, he'll score a goal like that. And then won't squared the square ball, was it Jay Stansfield when he's going through? I think it's
0: actually Joe Bryan, is yeah. who, who's charging through the centre in, okay, in a strange manner. Really. Well,
1: whoever it was, I just you know that's when your match making decisions need to come into play here. Yes, you may have the individual quality to ping one in from twenty yards out into the top corner, but if you can't, you know, we're two one up there in one of the last minutes of the game, three one game done. You know, two one is still obviously a dodgy scoreline, in our defence. So. I think, yes, he's been improved, but it's still not up for standard he should be playing at.
2: I think he's he's a really frustrating player. I think, you know, looking at the the rest of the guys on our side, I think no one really frustrates me watching the game as much as him. I think he's the kind of player that wants to... His heart's definitely in the right place and he wants to win every game all by himself. And he will pull out amazing shots like that. I mean... Let, you know, he did have a, a fair amount of shots. I think six in total. And there, was his, and there
1: was his solo run where he, he gets past, ball rolls one of their defenders, and then it's a horrific finish.
0: Well, I'm not sure why he tries to chip the game. Yeah, yeah, just, just yeah. put your just, pot through it. Yeah, exactly. We'll just slot it. Like you know, you don't have to. You don't. It doesn't need to be hammered. Just, just
3: either side of the, side of the, and the keeper. and it's, it's in. in.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those. It's it's really frustrating. And there's bits like he he clearly wants to do the right thing, and he the way he tracks back, I think probably divides fans. I mean, some fans will. Love the fact that he will go forward, dribble past everyone, go for a shot, miss, and then run back and defend in his own box. But for me, I mean that that kind of irritates me because that's not his role. His not his role isn't to be in the box defending. And when we do get the ball back, we don't have the outlet out there for him. It it feels like Mm -hmm. you know clearly there's clearly there's a tactical system that Scott's trying to put in here. And as a player, you need to buy into it. You need to buy into the system. And you're not there's eleven guys on the pitch. You're not you're not the only person there trying to win the win the game. And I think he needs to kind of adapt a little bit in that regard.
0: There was a couple of ones. He, he wins a tackle in our box very, very late on. Um, and it's a really, really dangerous challenge. Not not in terms of the player, but if if he shifts it a second, it's a penalty. A 93rd minute penalty. And it's one of those where obviously you have to applaud the desire to win the ball back because that's a good thing. But the thing that frustrates me about Knockout, and it adds to what you were saying there, George, is he'll make a... He'll he'll make those like lung busting runs back and make like a big tackle and he'll be like, whee um but all the time Cyrus is left two on one. And it, it doesn't make any sense. He's the player that runs up and down the most, and yet his fullback is the one that continually gets isolated against two players and it, it doesn't really add up in terms of How he can be there making those challenges, but also just not be there when it would make plenty of sense for him to be there.
2: Yeah, I think this is where you think of, was it someone like Maldini who said, as a defender, if I make a tackle, that's a mistake. You don't, as a defender, you don't actually want to be in a position to make a tackle. You'd rather be in the right place, pressure someone and make them make a mistake. When, if you let a player get all the way to you, so you have to make a tackle... In a way, you could argue that your defensive, you know, you've you've kind of failed as a defence there. And I think that's where someone like Knockart will, you know, not be in the right place, not give Christie that support. So players will run at Christie, and then he will look back, run, you know, twice as fast to go and support Christie. Well, actually, if he was just in the right, yeah, yeah. if he was actually in the right place in the right time, we wouldn't be in the position where he needs to run all the way back. So I
0: think it, it, you know, it goes back to being a frustrating player to watch. Yes, but improvements. Uh, I think that's in, it's important. Yes, there's criticisms to be made, but that was a better performance from Anthony Knocker, and we should just for that. Someone who had a good performance and came back out of the blue, out of nowhere, was uh, Mr. Harry Arter, who, who came on and, and won the game for Fulham. Dom, what a strike.
1: Yeah, I mean the swaz on that. It's just Swaz. It just swazz straight into the top You could tell as soon as you hit it that was swazzing into the top corner.
0: When he hit as he went and lined up to shoot, I was like, Well don't shoot from there. That's yeah. stupid.
1: But as soon as you saw the ball left his foot and it's directed on the ball, I was like, that's going into the top corner. It's some, hit, some yeah. hit. And
0: it's been a, goal, a weekend of good goals. in the Well, NBA no, it's clearly the
1: beach ball effect, as Mourinho alluded to <laughs> in the Tottenham Israel game. That's that's why
0: we scored two screamers. Well, I'm I'm okay with that. Maybe we should play with the beach ball all the time. It was nice to see him back, though, Dara. You know, we haven't had many updates on his absence. He just disappeared. No,
3: and he then... he, uh, he released some kind of little video around about the first international break saying that he had a niggle and his in and he needed some sort of procedure. But just... Nothing. It just dragged on and on. Well, they they probably the club didn't like it ones. all
1: season, have not they? They've been terrible releasing any information on any injuries our players have. Yeah, it, it
3: must have been quite like an ordeal because it, it, when he scored the goal, he did run over to the backroom staff. Yeah, to the physios.
0: So, it was a very strange. The whole thing about Arthur was very strange because it was I remember just trying that, to
3: conceal some. Information well, I remember or something. that statement coming out
0: and being like, "It's annoying that he's not going to be around for the international break. Probably do with him. but like if he's back, then he after to the international be right break yeah. for Fulham. Then, 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 yeah, then good." Right and and then he just didn't return and then there was another international break and he still wasn't about and it was like what's it's going on gone. with Harry Arter but I mean that's one way to reintroduce yourself onto the
3: stage it was quality like even if you look in the build up he pings that ball out with his right foot and then Hits it with the left. Like the pace on that shot was absolutely ridiculous.
0: He he adds something to the midfield, doesn't he, Georgia? A little bit of bite, a little bit of nouse. There's something there that we we kind of missed. I think without him, I think so. And I think
2: it's it's pretty rare in midfield to get a player who not only has the bite and can put the defensive shift in and put like his pressure numbers are very strong as well. Like he's constantly harrying other players, but he's he's so good on the ball as well. His short distribution, his long distribution. I mean, if you look at one of the build-ups, I'm not sure if it was a, a goal or a chance. Actually, it might have been in the build-up to his own goal. Lovely ping to the right-hand side to get a ball over to Christy. You know, he's got he's got a real range of skills, um, which I think adds a adds a huge amount to the game. But for me, there's, there's always that kind of element that you don't, quite trust him you don't quite trust him not to go and fly in and do a two footer uh, Like his... uh, there was
3: one of them in towards the end of the game as well uh, the last minute or two of injury time and it was right up in the corner one of the Villa defenders cleared it and you just see him flying in like luckily he didn't connect with the player at all but he's got that crazy there look, loser history. No,
0: was no, did one as well Nockard got booked for a tackle and, and then and complained if you, about if you look back <laughs> it I was like nockard has gone I thought it was a two footer and it was the 17 year old that <laughs> just brought and I was like don't do that. <laughs> no, please don't do that. Good to have Arthur back. Good Absolutely. Back. And I think especially
2: if uh, if Reed's out for a bit, you know, Arter feels like the most natural replacement. But I think going back to what we were briefly discussing before, you know, it's I, I do see why the club don't release injury information. Because, you know, if we don't have a clue what's going on, you know, the opposition definitely don't have a clue. But it does, you know, it it is really frustrating because as the fan base you start to come up with the wrong ideas like you start to I was thinking before you know is it falling out between Parker and Arta but it's you not know. even
1: that you, we need the details of injury we don't
0: even know if he is injured yeah. no I'm not saying yeah you're not being like if you just every week were like Harry Arta pending yes. fitness you know pending fitness test yeah. but he's got you know some sort of thing then the club aren't then people don't start to worry no or, or come out and say
2: Arta's now back from injury then yeah, we, then we know, know what happens. We don't even know
1: what injury is and how long he's out for. We just need to know if he's out for that for that game. What yeah. the, the
2: press conference for? You know what's
1: happened to Steven Cessner since you know September? He's supposedly been injured. Then he came back into squad. Was on the bench for a couple of games and then wasn't even in the squad for the FA Cup match. Just, I, I, I it's, think there needs to be some form of communication between the club and the fans, just so we know what's good. We don't need the old details of it, but we need to know, right? Why is he not in the squad? Is it because you've had a full now, or is
0: it because he's injured? Well, it's the same kind of thing at the weekend, right? Obviously, Mitrovic and Kenny, you can understand them not being in the squad because you can understand them being rested. Why is Kamara not in the squad? Like, this is surely a game that Kam- Abubakar Kamara could could get twenty minutes if nothing else, and just do mm. some do some running about for Kamara not to be in the squad suggests that now Kamara's got an injury because that's a weird omission, right? Like, that's not a... He's not like, a oh, I've played every minute of every game and I need a rest. He's been in and out of the side himself. Where's Cabano? Like, they're all very good. Well, Cabano just We're... had an <laughs> operation, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was... of course. But the club didn't tell us that. He no, did we on f- his Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It, you know, all of these things add up and people get frustrated by them. And,
3: Especially uh, this time of year, January, like, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> the rumour milk can start turning. Exactly.
0: So uh, the lack of communication from everything to do with the club is, is constantly frustrating. And it, it does. I think it leads people to speculate and speculation is probably not a good thing from where we're, from where we're no. sitting because it starts to go, oh, maybe the squad don't get on. And then people start to panic. Yeah, and I think like Stephen
2: Sess is a, a great example of that when the rumours start coming out about links to Tottenham. And then I think someone found, was it a PL2 game where Stephen Sessnion came off the bench and there was a line in the match review saying um, Sessnion's come back from injury thinking oh like I had no idea he was injured it's all kind of no information then tiny little bits of information here or there it just gets the rumour going and you know when you've got someone like Parker who's under a bit of pressure rightly or wrongly you know if if us fans don't have the right information that's where you know people can start to you know Parker can start to be under pressure of for his job because we think he's fallen out with the players when actually they're injured. So I don't think it, it necessarily helps anyone by holding the cards
0: as close to the chest as we are at the moment. Dom, one young prospect that did get some minutes uh, was Jay Stansfield and he made a very, very good first impression for a young man.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was better than Stephen Humphreys did when he came on. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, Stephen Humphries is now like... Chipping away in League One or wherever he is, I think we could probably forget about him.
1: But yeah, no, it's it we how many times have we had though a young player or a young forward anyway, attacking player come through and we see a bright spark in twenty minutes and never see him again? i yeah, it was it was good to see, but you know, seeing Jay Stanford come through is probably the least of our concerns at the no, moment. Agreed. And you know, if I'm if I'm I was quite surprised actually that Matt O'Reilly didn't play. I yeah, thought it was too. a per, it was perfect game for him to be in the midfield. I understand Onham was coming back and, you know, I, I I've always said with the FA Cup that it needs to be treated different. Or we should rest players. Well, you're not playing for another week. I understand you've played about four games in the yeah, last It's not like days. a midweek tie, is it? Yeah, th- like the league apart from, the f- like is it the fifth round this year? I think it's midweek because of the whole stupid winter break thing they're doing in the Premier League. But yeah, and no, I was surprised Matt Riley didn't play. But yeah, it, it always is good to see someone who's come. who's an academy graduate. Obviously, he hasn't come through our youth system. He came for Exeter's. But an academy graduate, you know, get on the pitch and get some minutes. And he looked fairly promising when he came on. But he's not a player. And I'm also I'm expecting to see much more of for the rest of the season.
0: No, I think that's it. But I think what is quite nice is that obviously we've seen, they brought in Martell Taylor-Crosdale. We've seen little bits and bobs of... Timmy Abraham there are a couple of players you know around who play the same position who are a little bit older than Stansfield is but Stansfield's had a good run and, and they gave him you know the reward for that was he got he got a couple of minutes in, a, in an FA Cup game and one could take that away from him and that's got to be good for his confidence it's nice to see a manager who's looking within the squad as well as you know across the whole club that's something we haven't had for a little while someone's willing to take on and be like look I've been watching the academy games you've done really well come in and have a you know get your moment of glory and that's that's got to be a good thing for the club as a whole.
1: Yes, it is. It's a good thing. And, we, you know, we, we always know how good our academy is, but, you know, the amount of good players who come through there necessarily who don't necessarily make it, but we know the talent's there. And I think you've seen it at Stansfield. His goal record this season has been absolutely ridiculous, I think. And, yeah, it, again, it was good to see, but it's now it's, you know, it's nice to see that game, but it's time to move on now and, you know, build on our championship campaign.
0: Okay. All right. Well, just before we close off this section, Dara, who do you want in the next round?
2: Take Portsmouth. Portsmouth? That was my answer. George? I would like to go to Spurs New Stadium, so I'd like Spurs away. Dom?
1: I don't want Spurs, we'll just lose. Right.
0: (laughs) We'll probably lose anyway.
1: I I know, but no, away from home, you sound like a Bristol Rovers or a Portsmouth, mate. As you said, Portsmouth, Northampton, maybe. Everyone needs to stop saving country because I think they forget that they're playing at St Andrews. St Andrews. Tramier. Yeah, yeah Trammere. Thing is, I would have, I would take the Newcastle slash Rochdale apart from Kings Cross being closed that weekend.
0: Yeah, that, that that's a real bummer. Like It really does. Anything uh, on the East Coast is now basically ruled out. Yeah, I think you have to go up,
1: you'd have to go up the Sheffield and then across. Or up, well, I'm not saying across, it's definitely it's further up. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you'd have to go up the Sheffield and then further up from there. So as much as I would like the Newcastle, Rochdale or like a Carlisle, not when Kings Cross is closed.
0: Yeah. Also, Carlisle, you have you take the risk of having go Cardiff again, and no one really wants that. I don't think.
1: No, I don't Portsmouth, want to go for about the eighth time in the last four years.
0: Portsmouth would be nice. Cardiff are the last team we beat in the third round. Yeah.
1: The only the, um, the only reason why I win more Portsmouth is because I've been to Fratton Park, but I'd still take it.
0: It's a good good away though, and a, a very cool ground. The first this is our first win since in the FA Cup since the 29th of January 2017, which is almost three years, which is you know a good duck to break i think right we'll be back after the break talking a little bit about reading and answering your questions would
2: you like the latest Fulham breaking news straight to your phone i thought you might if so sign up to the Fulhamish whatsapp channel and you'll receive regular match day updates transfer updates breaking ffc news and podcast alerts it's 100 free and you can opt out anytime if you want to sign up go to fullemish.couk forward slash whatsapp and follow the instructions that's Fullamish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp.
0: Welcome back to the Fullamish podcast. My name is Jack Collins. I'm joined by Dom Betts. Hello, hello, George Singer. Hello. And Dara Curran. Hi. We're just going to touch briefly on the Reading game. Dom, I know you did a podcast with Sammy, but there are a couple of bits that weren't necessarily touched on before we do that though here's a quick call for some merchandise you can get merchandise on the fulham ish website Uh, we have made some really nice t-shirts and some fun mugs and they're basically real fun it's a good way to help the podcast if you enjoy this it it does help us to keep ourselves ticking over and we're really proud of the mitrovich t-shirt we think it's really nice so if you want to get your hands on them there is a fair amount of restock just come in for the post-christmas bash and uh yeah get on there and get yourselves involved but reading um Dom I know you wanted to talk just before this about Matt O'Reilly and he came on for a weird amount of time he was resubstituted um in a strange Parker decision but actually a very very good game from Matt O'Reilly all round I thought
1: yeah and you know I've been calling to be part of the squad since for the last three or so years now, obviously. I think it was the first one we sort of brought along into the first team was that pre-season tour of Poznan in 2017. And, you know, he's, been, he's I, I've been calling him for ever since because I think he's... Do office, you remember any of Poznan in 2017, And uh, uh, no. Um, no, no. No, probably not at all. But, you know, his dad was a great bloke and talking to him in the bar on the second yeah. game was great. No, I think that... You know, Matt, I think out of all the sort of young midfielders we've had in our game, I think he's something different. I think he's maybe... You could even argue he's possibly more suited to be playing Championship football than PL2 football just because of the way he, his, his size and the way he plays and I think, you know, his passing range. So I think, yeah, I was really impressed with how he played and I want to see more of him in this team. You know, I know we've got a lot of midfield options, but we seem to get an injury in our centre midfield department every other week at the moment. But, you know, Harry Art has been out, onam has been out, Kane is out. You know, Johansson doesn't play every week. McDonald can't play every week, so I think Riley is going to get more minutes. And and obviously, as you say, with Reid out, and I think you know his best position is probably the middle of the three. So well, that's what I
0: was going to ask next. But you know, where where does he play? Where does he fit in? Is he an eight?
1: I'd argue in the system we're playing, yes, he's the eight. He started off as a, when he, as uh, as a very as a youngster as a number ten, obviously, and then sort of over the next few years he sort of was getting deployed as a more deep line midfield not quite the six but if he wasn't be playing that deep he'd be sort of more creative so I think in the system we play the number eight role would probably suit him best but I think if he was to play in that system he'd need a Reid or McDonald behind him as opposed to a Johansson or an Arter
0: with Kearney ahead of him Dara what, what did you make of that performance because you know, there was, it, it was quite safe for quite a lot of it. It only was getting towards the middle of the second half where he started to play a little bit more expansively. But maybe you can expect that from Youngman making his first league start.
3: I, I thought he was good. I thought there was a bit... There's like a classiness to his passing range. Like a... I don't know. He just sees things that other players don't. He just sees these passes. But I can see why he got taken off as well. It was a... I hey, mean... Roche, that's, a, that's
0: an interesting point. Go it on. was a
3: funny one. But he's... Brought on Delatore and Parker's just gone. All the attacking players on the pitch, and he had to take somebody off, and that was just who it was.
0: Fair enough. I think there was a lot of weird backlash about that, and people sort of kicking off about it. And not necessarily all I mean, it's fairly. N-
3: it's never a nice thing to happen to be subbed on. But he and was off.
0: on for quite a long time. It wasn't like he came on in yeah, the 70th the minute happened. and then was removed yeah, yeah. in the 79th. He was on for 60 minutes or of the game or whatever. I suppose which does prevaricate it a little bit
1: yeah if he was, if he started if you're just going by minutes per minute's basis here, if he started and was brought off after an hour there'd be no sort of quiet yeah no one would kick on. off it's off just this, this whole thing is when you're brought on as a substitute it's like an unwritten rule that you can't be taken off
0: yeah like the Moisey Keane thing with Duncan yeah. Ferguson which was really good about George um, what did you make of it statistics wise I'll throw it with you his natural stats
2: well, no, it's it's an interesting one, and the well the point I was going to make maybe a aside to um, aside stats. If if there's guys like him, like Matt O'Reilly, Luca De La Torre, or a few other guys who are starting to also, start... I swear,
1: Luca Torre has been a promising youngster for the last five years.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, he has been... we have been talking about him about to break through. I think if these guys are are on the cusp and kind of. Coming into the side and not looking out of place. I think there's an, early, there's, a, there's an argument we should say that, you know, move them out on loan. And I think this is, I was, I was quite interested to see, um, obviously, the podcast we did with um, Tony Khan a little while back and he mentioned about loaning out to League One. And the reasons for not doing that before were just the lack of being able to see the data and therefore it's very hard for us to track and see how the players are doing. And he said, now we've got the data, the options there are available. So, you know, I'm really wondering with these guys, it, it feels like they're... I just
1: don't think alone to League One would in any way aid their development. There's well, well, playing time. We can obviously we see. Can yeah, s- but you can say pl- <clears throat> playing time makes such a... There's everyone there's everyone such makes this, but there's a lot of players, a lot of Chelsea players players who've gone out on loan to League One sides and it's been a detriment to their career you know pl- going to League playing time isn't necessarily just playing time to help them improve because it, it just simply won't be the football they're playing at and won't actually yeah, help them you development. Need, someone
0: who was, who, you'd need to send them to a side who he was one going to get minutes at and two are you know a, a possession based unit where he'd be looking at getting the ball and and the honest truth of that is unless they're a side doing really well mm. it's going to be weird to loan someone and, and are they going to walk into a side doing really well in League One that's a massive gamble for that side as well right It it is but for
2: me you've, you've got to I'd argue that you know maybe taking a bit of a hit there are teams in in League One who play good football I mean really if you think about it you know what's what's going to do Matt O'Reilly's career more good a season of maybe you know not the the perfect style of play but a season playing a lot of minutes in League One or yet another year I in think PLT if you've,
1: I think if he's getting like 20 minute cameos here and there that's 100% better for his development than playing in League One
0: well look Duran Mopoku's out on loan and uh, know one of your favourites done purely for sing-song purposes um, but he seems to be doing quite well he's doing nicely it, but, but has is he it different? Has he
1: increased in? Would that as at loan going to increase him in the pecking order? No, it's not.
0: No, but what I'm going to say is that is it different for a defender because actually he, you're not necessarily needing to learn the same set of skills as a midfielder where you're actually in possession all the time. He's learning a defensive perspective I think from a, a different side. A midfielder, side, midfielder
1: that's or, an, or an attacking midfielder or wide player in this case, I don't think a loan to League One helps I, I, unless you're going to the right side. I think with with a defender, with a goalkeeper, and potentially with a centre-forward if they're off the Cordy Woodrow, Stephen Humphrey's time hold, then it probably will because they're be, going to be playing physical stuff. Whereas I think for a player who's going to want to play in a possession-based team, I don't necessarily think a League one's the best thing for, for the better, better I think you've seen, you know, let's say... I don't, I don't know, I can't think of players, for example, but like, I feel like just loaning him to League One for the sake of loaning him to League One to get him experience isn't just necessarily going to help their development in any way. So
0: why not loan him to the Bundesliga? Mm. There's already been... Well, yeah, no,
1: that, I'm not, I'm not against loaning him out. I'm against loaning him out to League One. I just Paderborn.
0: Go. Send him to Paderborn for a year and, and let him learn how to, you know, play at Paderborn. Because that's going to be a different experience to learning. But if he's playing in the Bundesliga, people will start to question why he's not starting... In the championship, no.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's, you know, and I, I think we should we should ask these questions. Um, I, I think it'll be interesting. Parker did come out and say that he suggested he was going to dip into the academy a bit more. So I think, like we said, Dom, I think I think I agree. The if we could, if he could get these twenty minute cameos every so often uh, in the league, I think that's great, and that's probably the ideal situation. Cause he'll learn our style of football. But I think you know we've we've seen this before with guys like this. They have little spurts of a few minutes on, and then we don't see them again for a few months. Like so think of someone like uh, Sessingham, right? So I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd just like to think that if if the right thing was for him to to move out on loan, I'd like the club to go and see and push him and make that happen. But we'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe this game is you know the the start of him playing more of a more of a role in the squad going forward.
0: Okay, let, let's go on some questions. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Dara. This is from Brett Pund, and he says, is three centre-backs and two wing-backs how Parker wants to play with Hector coming in, or do you think this was solely down to who he had available for the Villa game?
3: Uh, I think it was just an experiment, maybe, um, because, I mean, wasn't that what Ranieri did last year, and that wasn't working for us at all? So I, d- I doubt Parker would go back into that formation. I think he's probably looking for an alternative so that he does have a plan B um, just, instead
0: of just putting Cavalera and Knockout as wing backs and hoping for the best.
3: <laughs> yeah, but, no, I, mean, I can see that. I, it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It didn't like not work. But I don't know if you could again. What Dom was saying, like I don't know if he could be playing against the teams below us playing that formation. We should be going out and attacking because that's yeah we've got on paper the best front three in the division.
0: I think it's interesting because you look at that formation or a variant of it is what Wolves played when they went yeah. up and no one looks at that Wolves side and went, oh, they were really defensive against teams below them. They were still an attacking unit and you can be I an mean, attacking unit with five the two, at the back. The two sides. No, but I'm, I'm not suggesting they're the same talent levels. What I'm saying is that you can play a five at the back in an attacking man or a three at the back, if you want to call it that.
1: Yeah, I just don't think we need players to do so. I don't think there's, we don't have the intensity to the way we play. I think it, that can work, and you can play it in an attacking way. But you need you need the intensity of going from one side of the pitch to the other, and we don't have that. We're just too passive with the ball. Unless unless the totally Scott Parker totally changes that, that's it. it just simply isn't going to work
2: if we want to be an attacking side. George. Yeah, I'm I'm I've got nothing against the system. I think it's worked well with previous teams, I mentioned Wolves, mentioned Chelsea as well under under Conte. I think where it worked with Chelsea is you had someone like David Luiz in the centre who was uh you know more of a Libera guy who could bring the full for, ball forward and move into midfield and convert it into a midfield three. And I think that's where it worked quite well for them. And I'm not sure if you had Reem, uh, Mawson, and Hector. That there's necessarily, they've got the right profile. They're more more of your classic, you know, number five centre back than uh, Reem aside, potentially. Well, I was you know. going to say, I would
0: actually argue that if we are going to play three at the back, one of them would always be Dennis Adoy. Because if you're going to play three at the back, Dennis Adoy does give you that. He gives you the ability to carry the ball into midfield and break the lines, which the others don't do.
2: Potentially, but I mean, he's never he's done it at full back and in the edges, but not quite in the centre of the pitch. I don't know. I think I think you're right. If we were to play it, you'd need him because we'll be up against direct sides with quick uh, quick strikers. So you you would need a bit of pace in the back three, which I don't think Hector, Morrison, and Ream would give you. So you do need a Doy, but I just don't think it really suits the profile of defenders we've got.
0: Um, this isn't necessarily a question, but I think it's a really interesting point. It's from J.E. Harknessill. He says, Halfway through the season, and to use a punting term, we still haven't got a form line. Players in, players out, players hot, players cold, knockout, for example. Does Arta stay in the team? I haven't got a clue from one week to the next. Not unusual, but in this context, different. Up the Fulham. And I think this is important, Darren, and you and I were discussing this before we started, um, that this Fulham team... I don't know what the lineup is going to be against Hull. I don't think anyone in this room does. Because, and normally at this point, you have an idea. We're halfway through the season. You normally have an idea of what the 11 would be if everyone was fully fit, let's say. And yeah. injuries obviously affect that. But even if everyone was fit, I don't know who would start for Fulham. And that's concerning in, in some ways.
3: Yeah, I'd struggle to guess Parker starting 11 week by week. There just seems to be a lot of positions that are. Up for grabs, or maybe he doesn't know his best 11. Whereas, if you look in contrast to Jukanovic the year that we went up, it was literally just the right wing, probably. It was just Piazon, Kamara. Cabano Aite were just rotating around in that one position. Everything else was pretty much locked in and we've just been switching around far too much. I think it leaves us in a
0: in, in a funny place, Dom. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world to have competition for places, but the amount of chopping and changing is seemingly taking a toll.
1: Yeah, it's weird. We sort of had like stages of consistent teams, if that makes sense. Like when we had we had a decent winning streak in what was it, October time, we had a set team then. And then we we then we obviously turned a bit of form around briefly around Christmas, and and then then we sort of thought, oh, this team's now going to work. So I feel like we've had settled teams, but only for two or three games. And it's like, oh, this didn't work, so we're going to change it up again. So you, you know we know which players we want. We sort weird it's We know which players we need to have on the pitch. We just don't know where where we're playing them. Yeah. Like we need we know you want Kenny. You know you want Bobby Reid, You know you want Mitrovic. You know you want Cav. But. Where where do you play him is the question. You know, I, I also think that the injuries on the midfield has not helped in the slightest. No. That it seems it it's had to be pretty much a different midfield three every single week. At the moment, if you're picking a midfield for me, you go read on a If you know, I'm picking a midfield three at the moment with Cav and Bobby Reed off working off uh, Mitrovic. But you know, have we even seen that? That's that's the thing. You're going off teams we have played well in different stages. Oh, that bit was good. He was good there. Instead, we haven't actually seen have we had a fully fit squad yet? No, I mean, no team's really going to have a fully fit squad, but that's where that's where it's come through. That I think because you know, the midfield's been chopping chain so much and the players working on Mitch chop chopping change so much and, you know, we've we've sort of are we, we going to go for a four two three one? are we going to go for a 4 You know, when we've tried this three at the back, so are we going to pursue that again or is that just a trial against Aston Villa? I feel like because we're... We've gone to it late in games to see them out
0: and yeah. while it's not particularly pretty, it seems to I work. I think
1: mm. what works for Fulham is actually I, I not...
0: It. I do as well. I not, also hate it, but it works. So it's not having... It,
1: it? I, I think one thing that might be worth is not having a set formation. Is a, a formation in offensive plays and a different formation in defensive plays. I think that is just the way it might actually work for us because that is what we've seen when we've been most successful is we haven't just been 4-3 through three for the entire game.
0: Well I think that's almost what was out at the weekend and and while we've talked a lot about this 3 at the back kind of thing actually the, the fact that we changed formations, went in and out of possession isn't necessarily a bad thing I think, I think having that ability to transition into two separate kind of phases is you know, a sensible tactic if our formations aren't going to stay solid for the whole, whole season, George?
2: Yeah, I think Scott's definitely an intelligent coach and I think there's clear parallels. Uh, uh, probably far too grand a thing to say, but if you look at the, some of the styles that Pep Guardiola, you know, enforces with his team, there are some definite parallels and you see ways that Scott is trying to mold his side in a similar way clearly he's he's aware of different tactical styles and their benefits but to me it, it just feels like we haven't yet worked out how to bring the players the right players in a system that works and i think dom the guys you were saying who would you know should get in the team i think you're absolutely right but if you put all of those guys in a side with someone like bobby reed and cav you know you may be without a touchline a hugging winger so what do you do with your fullbacks then well he's wanted to play more reserved fullbacks so if we played a style like that we'd probably be too narrow and it wouldn't work so it doesn't feel at this point that there's really a the right balance of a system that we want to play and works and the players who fit into that system it's all kind of there's a lot of square peg and round holes and it doesn't quite work yet
0: well i thought it was interesting at the weekend that we tried to get the ball wide a lot and, and the fact that we transitioned into that five at times did allow us to get more width on. But that said, it seemed really strange that the time we tried to get wide and get balls into the box. It's the first time we haven't played without a proper number nine this mm-hmm. season. And and that kind of thing is confusing, I think, because I can see what Scott's trying to do. And actually on, on Saturday and something that I said straight after the game was I could see what he was trying to do for the first time in, in quite a long time. I could see, what scott's kind of tactical plan was i don't think it was necessarily perfect but it was nice to be able to see some sort of cohesion to what he was you know attempting but it doesn't make sense to go into that wide maneuver if you haven't got an out and out nine and actually we put the ball into the box
3: a couple of times There's a couple in the of first instances half, where there was nobody in, and there. there was no one in there
0: because we weren't playing with a striker and and that doesn't really add up.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the wing backs overlapping a little bit more and getting beyond our, our wingers on the front of the front three. But then that's going to leave us susceptible elsewhere. So I mean, the, we're going to be susceptible the back the, anyway. The the like that, that, that's it's true. But maybe, maybe that five at the back allows us then to to do that to have a little bit more with.
0: Be interesting to see it with Bobby and Mitrovic up top was something I said at the time. I don't know where that leaves you though. Where does that leave Cav? because Cav's been excellent. Yeah, we and spoke
1: then... about it. The system we played at Stoke mm. could have worked if we played the right players in that system. Yeah. Like, maybe. if you played actual wing-backs or full-backs in the wing-back positions instead of Cav and Knockhart with Kearney in behind Bobby Reid and Mitrovic with, you know, you could then you can then have Cav to bring on as a forward player to have just working just off them.
0: But it feels really tough because I think Cav's been our most consistent player in the last two months. Yeah, no, exactly. It.
1: But I'm saying that we've seen, we've seen a system that could, could you work play Cav then? as a right
0: wing-back? Maybe
1: potentially but I also think he could work
0: in the Bobby Reid role of Mitrovic I don't think I don't think Knockart and Cavallero works as wing backs and, and this is something 100% you know yeah, no, no, it doesn't but I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily rule out Cavallero from playing as a wing back because I think he probably provides the up and down cover that you need there I don't think Knockart has the discipline for it but I think Cavallero might and that's kind of a question i guess to be answered i think so and
2: you know what what's a little bit frustrating is that we've got all these questions about style and the way we want to play and it feels like the the clubs that the clubs that do really well so take a look at liverpool at the moment who have a really clear identity it goes all the way through their club from their players to their head coach to the scouting and numbers and recruitment they know how they want to play and everyone's pulling in the right direction they've got a really clear identity and therefore you could take any of the parts out you could take away Salah you could take away Mane you could you know I'd argue can have six of the team and the kids do
0: exactly the same thing
2: exactly and I'd, I'd even argue if you if Jurgen Klopp did move on they could they would probably know the right manager to bring in to do the same job and I think that's what we've we've really been lacking that kind of clear identity you know what what are Fulham what are the way we want to play and 2 years ago we knew the answer to that it was the Slavisa way of playing and everyone was pulling in the same direction and now it doesn't feel like we've got that clear identity of what we want to do you know are we we've seen the team that passed Millwall to death we've seen you know sometimes we've had less than half possession you know what what are they side actually trying to do it feels you know a bit like we're just chucking money at the problem and uh, you know trying to find a system that works it's not not the right way and not the best way of doing it in my opinion
0: so two more questions. One of them is very easy. Um, Carlino at Greenheart Radio says, can we recall Angisa? Should we? Um, we can easily answer that one. The answer is we can't. So he's he stuck out there, I'm afraid, um, which kind of puts to bed the rest of the <laughs> question. Um, but Daniel at Read All Over, which I quite like as a name, um, has asked a couple of questions. This one I want to ask Dom because I know this is something close to your own heart. Do we want to get promoted, though? Manager and not good enough for the Premier League, this is the question. No defender's good enough. I argue if we get promoted, the only players he'd want to start every week are Reed, Reed, and Mitrovic. Seems to ask, we'd need at least 10 to 15 signings and I can only see it going worse than last time. I mean, some of that seems extreme, but I think the, the kind of I've, points I've, are in the right I've place. I've said
1: this before, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but if you were to get promoted, is it really beyond the realms of possibility that you sack Scott Parker?
0: Well, Watford did it.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking that if you get promoted, Scott Parker's is not going to keep us up next season, and I, I think most Fulham fans would agree with that. Yeah, because you know, getting promoted through the playoffs should be seen as success, but not what the aim was at the start of the season. And so, you know, is it beyond the realm to get rid of him and bring someone more competent for the Premier League in? But then, then you get to the stage of when you get promoted, you're in the Premier League. What are you in the Premier League for? What
0: are you in the Premier League for? Well, you want to stay up. Yeah, you want to a... stay up f- f- for what, though? Well, I mean, what the idea is, I guess, is you become a, a Southampton. You you get a My couple f- of good cup games, you get an yeah, academy, but, but, you, you make yourself you, a you have, you have this. Well, I, I, too, I feel
1: so. like the biggest problem is I, it's not sort of just looking down. It's just like I, you kind of have to admit that we've probably seen the best team we're going to see by getting to a European final. Is that going to be topped? Most likely not. I am I just I just I think what everyone what everyone wants and I think most people agree with this is you want the euphoria of celebrating promotion and getting out of the league but you don't want the outcome of it. Yeah. You don't no, want it to this. be in the Premier League. You don't want to ha- you don't want to have VAR. You know, you know, think about it, think about think about last season, right? What was enjoyable about it? Bournemouth away? Yeah. You know, it's it, what, in a home, not yeah, many though. Yeah. yeah, not not much enjoyable, especially now with VAR in there. It it totally gets totally just ruins football in general. There's there's no way that system can ever work for a match-going fan, because it's just yeah. ludicrous. But the
0: implementation of it has been awful. I yeah, but I just ludicrous. I just think
1: the system's broken well, it anyway. At the World it, Cup. It, I don't think
3: it did.
0: No, well, I think it did.
1: I think there was, was stupid hand balls getting given every single game in that World
0: Cup. Well, the laws of the game need to catch up with the digital age, is the truth of it. Yeah, the, the problem is, you know... The laws are antiquated with a new technology. Yeah, but I, ju- I, I just... It's different to other sports. All right, well, I think that's all we've got time for on today's Fulhamish. George, do you want to give this one a name?
2: I think we've got to go for uh, It's a knock
0: It's a knock It very much was, and it very much was a good win. We go to Hull on Saturday. Dom and Sammy will be back on Thursday with a preview of that game and some bits and bobs from the radio show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Don Betts. right Thank you, Dara Curran. Thank you. Thank you, George Singer. Thank you. I've been Jack Collins. This has been the Fulhamish Podcast. Take care, you whites.
2: Acast powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Sarah. And we're the hosts of Pantsuit Politics, where we've built a community around grace-filled political conversations. And we wanted to share the words of our listeners because they understand best what we do. Susan told us, Many times I've used your words when my own have failed, opening doors that allow for discussion rather than debate. Amber says we encourage her to be more involved, to be a better citizen, and to be part of her community. Nicole said, Listening to you two process with one another is the only way for me to become unstuck. With the impending election on the horizon, join us and our amazing community of listeners at Pantsuit Politics as we prepare to vote, process the election, and prioritize our values and each other. Make sure you participate in our democracy by listening to Pantsuit Politics and, of course, exercising your right to vote.
3: ACAST recommends.